Welcome to the Fantasy Fam Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, coming at you from Rain Man Studios here in Northern Jersey. On the mic with my brother's friend and our cousin Kile. And we could not be more excited to chat with you today. <sighs> NFL season is here. Week one. Do you guys watch? Oh, my God. I actually was kind of in some conundrums, you know, going on. I couldn't really watch any of the games until I got to my buddy's house. Yeah, I was, I was like just following on my phone. It was that's, honestly, that's, I, I was about to break funny. down in like tears. That's, yeah. how, that's how sad I was. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I made sure I did everything early in the morning, just so like 1235, 1240, I was sitting on the couch uh, ready to go. Yeah. Oh, I was ready. Breakfast, I was making my buffalo chicken dip. I was, Ooh. boom, went to the gym, got all pumped up, and then. And then you didn't watch. So <laughs> disappointing. <laughs> and then you missed. So you did some things, but you didn't keep your eye on the prize, brother. I guess you get 16 more opportunities of regulation exactly. and action. Exactly. It'll, it'll happen, though. It was unbelievable. It, it did feel a little bit like Christmas again. <gasps> totally was. I wish you guys a Merry Christmas in the morning. I know. Fantastic. <laughs> it, felt, it felt better than Christmas, okay, because it's the gift that keeps on giving. For okay. 16 weeks. And Christmas is over after weeks. one day. Best time of the year by far. Fall weather, football's yep. back, college football's back. Yep. I mean, Harbaugh's still the coach of Michigan. <laughs> baseball. Oh, my God. Is that, that, is that a good thing that he's still the coach of Michigan or bad? That game, they, sh- they should it, have lost. They I don't know what's going on here with Michigan, man. That was awful. We could spend an entire episode breaking down why Dylan McCaffrey should be the quarterback and not Shea Patterson. And I'm not worried like about a, the defense. I'm worried about Wasn't he like a top 10 Heisman hopeful, too, like preseason? They were like, oh, he oh. could actually maybe. No. Get out of here. Jim, Jim's defending him he's, because he makes a lot of checks at the line. and Yeah, but he stinks. So it doesn't matter what you do before you get the football. Once it's in your hands and you make the wrong decision, you fumble and you throw picks and you stink. I digress. Yeah. We Speaking of another quarterback who might be the NFL MVP after week one, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. That was embarrassing. That was really really fun to watch if you're a Ravens fan the Dolphins it's just I feel it was so fun it was fun to watch if you were a Dolphins fan too honestly right you got you definitely got your money worth if you're at the game that's for sure it was it was unbelievable to watch they had like 12 rushing yards the entire game the Dolphins had 12 rushing yards it, it, was, it was hey they beat Lamar Jackson who only had six <laughs> yeah that's the, that's the most surprising number that i actually see from the game yesterday is he only had three rushing attempts three carries three for six attempts. yards dolphins are not a good defense though they're, they're not it's just it's called spade to spade no Lamar we can't Jackson. judge this we can't judge <laughs> this game and predict what what's going to happen in the future i don't think i think this is an, a complete anomaly the dolphins are not an nfl roster they lack the talent capable of winning a game this season it was they're definitely getting the first pick. Yeah, we can't, we can't, you can't, like, I, I, I understand people are so ready to say, oh, well, I was right about Lamar Jackson, or I was right about the Baltimore offense, and, and look, it was a good game, a very, very good game for the Baltimore Ravens, for Lamar Jackson, for Hollywood Brown, for Mark Andrews, for, you know, Mark Ingram, any of them. Mark However, you are playing probably one of the worst teams assembled on the field in a oh, very the worst the worst. In a long time. I don't mean just in the league this year. I mean in a long time. Like, this is one of the worst assembled teams. This is a complete gut job. Okay? So, I, I want to just pump people's brakes here because I know the Lamar Jackson truthers are out there and they are coming out of the woodworks. Yep. I told you he could throw a deep ball. I told you. 
calm down. Okay, calm down. Uh, I'm. He looks good against a god-awful defense. He was playing a practice squad team, for God's sakes. People need to calm down about him, okay? I still Some think of his throws looked really good. They, 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 looked, they looked good. I will say that. I'll give him that. Hollywood Brown going deep with his deep ball. I mean, all he has to do is literally throw it as far as he can, and, and, and he's going to be there. Guy's a speedster. Yeah. So I, I, like, I like Lamar Jackson. I've said it before that he's not a great accurate passer, and I know people are still, well, he's getting better. Yeah, he's getting better, but he's still not an overly accurate passer, so calm down. I think he's absolutely worthy of a roster spot, though. Oh, definitely. definitely. Uh, he's already gone, obviously. But if you yeah. started somebody this week that, you know, disappointed you and or you have a bench spot, I think he's absolutely worth a flyer. Next week, he's, def- next, next week he's definitely going to do it. Something very similar. They're playing the Cardinals. And the Cardinals defense, wow. uh, Patrick Peterson lists again. So I think that Lamar Jackson is going to have another solid week where he have five touchdowns and – a perfect QB rating? Probably not, but maybe, maybe four. <laughs> it's just, I mean, what he did yesterday was was unreal. It was absolutely insane. But yes, I totally agree with you, Keele. Pump the brakes. I still think he's worthy of a flyer. And oh, definitely, definitely. Hollywood Brown. I think Hollywood Brown's worthy of a waiver pickup as well because he looked ridiculously fast. He did. He did. He only had he, four catches, though. The only person in this offense that fulfilled everything I think they're capable of this season and beyond is Mark Andrews. Mark, yeah, I Mark, absolutely Mark love Ingram. Mark Andrews this year. Mark Ingram I, too actually looks really yeah, Mark Ingram, yeah, Mark Ingram did look good, but I think they're going to that, – that running back situation is going to get murky at some point. Um, but I really do think that Mark Andrews is the best, like, scenario of what he looks like in game one and what he's going to look like for the rest of the season. If he's around, pick him up. He may not be because we've been hyping him a little bit as well. And the Dolphins have nobody, so. Moving on. Fun game to watch, though. Absolutely. Ooh, here was another very interesting game because if I heard the statistic correctly, the Cleveland Browns have not won their first game in the last 15 years, and apparently this was the year. All the hype, all the playoff talk, the dog pound, Freddie Kitchens, Odell's in town. Oh, my goodness. Before we jump in and talk about some of the game, I remember, I think it was in the third quarter when there was actually a close game. Baker Mayfield threw an interception. On his next drive, he threw an interception. The next drive, they actually went for it on fourth down, didn't get it. Then he threw a pick six. Are you kidding me? Oh, it was pretty fun to watch too, actually. The Cleveland, this is what we talked about from, what, February or whatever the Odell trade was. I don't even remember when that was. Everything looks good on paper. I said, I said this, and I said, wow, it's going to be a good team, but it's, first of all, one, still Cleveland, um, and number two is that people need to pump their brakes again. Pump the brakes. Baker Mayfield is second second year quarterback. Nick Chubb is a second year running back. Um, you have a lot of mouths to feed, a lot of ego on this team. I mean, you're talking one of the biggest ego teams on earth. I mean, Odell Beckham, Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry. You're talking guys who love themselves. He wore a three hundred thousand so, dollar watch. Yeah. Now. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? $300,000 for a watch, I, I – I, That's the first that's a problem. Lot, that's a lot and of you money. played okay. with it? And you played <laughs> with it? Oh, my God. You can go to Walmart and buy a, a thing that does the same exact thing. It's like the University yeah. of Miami when they do their – when they when University of Miami has a pick six or whatever, they used to wear those gold chains. And yeah. That's I saw, what I thought of when I saw that. so weird what what Miami does. That I, I was just yeah. like, what are you guys doing? It made me think <laughs> of the same one. Just played with the ball. Very exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what he had. It's like, do you know that's a $300,000 watch? No, I, th- I believe we also mentioned it on a previous episode that Tennessee's defense 
was going to be pretty solid this season, very underrated, and they they, they shut them down. Ooh, Baker just – the them. whole team. Nick Chubb still looked good, 17 carries, 75 yards, 4.4 yards per carry. Should have given it to him what, more earlier in the game. Yes. Yeah, way more. Mariota looking like an all-star. What? No, Derrick Henry had a 75-yard catch and well, run. Okay, that also, that, that also too. That load, carry. Uh, he, he's. I love those plays. Uh, well, big plays are amazing. Not from Derrick Henry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't love them from him. I he's somebody I'm going to be proven wrong, and I'm waiting for the day where I am proven wrong that he's going to be a thousand-yard guy every season. Oh. Uh, but that Tennessee offense looked really good. I mean, that Tennessee team as in general looked. AJ Brown had 100 yards in his first game. Yes, I had no faith in, yet my boy, who I think is one of the better slot receivers in the league, Adam Humphreys, was completely non-existent. One target. One Nobody catch. was existent, except for Delaney Walker. You, yeah, Delaney Walker, two touchdowns. Five catches. He had six five. targets. You look, at, you look at the breakdown of everyone else. Jonu Smith, one catch. Deion Lewis, running back, three catches. Adam Humphreys, one. Nobody else. Corey Davis didn't do anything. Tajay Corey da- yeah, Corey Davis needs to get traded. Corey Davis needs to, has a, needs to have a new start somewhere else. So if you take that Derrick Henry touchdown out of the equation, Mariota actually did not have a good game. Yeah, very efficient. I will say he didn't turn the ball over. It just he, he definitely took them to victory. But you take that out, and the, the wide receiver situation looks a little still very murky. They're a running back and defensive-minded team. There was a touchdown that was poached on his only carry of the game. Hill, D. Hilliard had one run for four yards, scored a touchdown. Thanks a lot. It's going to happen. It's the worst feeling in the world when you're poaching, like, po- Poaching is my, least, it's my least favorite thing. Stop poaching elephants and stop poaching rhinos and stop poaching my friggin' touchdowns, Touch- okay? I hate it. I hate it. Okay? It's, it was, well, there was someone else who, who got poached. Yes. Oh, Todd Gurley twice. Twice. But, Twice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is that? What's, what's going on with that? And I have an announcement to make, actually, because it's live right now. DeAndre Hopkins just dropped a pass. <gasps> yeah. Oh my. oh, my God. That, that was worth mentioning. He actually dropped. I mean, it was a difficult pat catch, mind you, but he should have caught it. Hit both of and then he followed it up with a great catch over the middle, so it's fine. It's, it's fine. He doesn't drop much often. Oh, uh, yeah, well, I'm, I guess pleasure. I'm a little slower in this side. <laughs> so, Browns, give the ball to Nick Chubb a little early, a little earlier, a little more often. And obviously, let's not uh, overreact. I think both teams will be okay moving forward. Ooh, this was another tough one to watch, actually, because <laughs> although it was indoors, Matt Ryan and the Falcons, Devonta Freeman, Julio, they looked terrible. They did not look prepared. Mike Zimmer owned them. This was a bad Bad, bad, bad game for the Falcons. Not a, not a good start to the season. And I've been talking about Matt Ryan, my number one quarterback. He did not look like a number one quarterback at all yesterday. Threw an interception right in the goal line like that. He tried to throw it away. Oh, oh, oh my that God. That was embarrassing. That was like worse than high school football. You run the ball, and, and that's the problem too because they were playing from behind the entire game. So Devonta Freeman didn't get much action on the ground at all. Ito Smith had six carries, 31 yards, more than Devonta. Yeah, their 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 focal points yesterday. Matt Ryan actually kind of saved himself fantasy wise in the yes, last fantasy quarter wise, and a half. Yes. Garbage uh, started, man, baby. Yeah, he had garbage points were were off the charts for for Matt Ryan. But Devonta Freeman completely let me down. I I've said it before. I 
probably have 75% share of Devonta Freeman in all leagues this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought the value for a number one running back on a high power offense was too you know amazing to get him in that like late second, early third. But him, Julio, I mean, the only bright spots, Calvin Ridley looked pretty good. Um, Mohamed Sanu had a few catches. And Austin Hooper looked awesome. Nine uh, targets, nine catches. Yeah, yeah. yeah Austin Hooper looked really good. But other than that, I mean, who, they're two best players on offense. I like Calvin Ridley, but it's Devonta Freeman and it's Julio Jones. They're going to come back to life. Atlanta does this a lot. As They'll bad be as fine, exactly. Be, yeah. I, I still have faith in the Atlanta offense. I, I don't have faith in the fact that the Atlanta offensive coordinator job has gone all over the place in recent years. However, uh, I do have faith in Matt Ryan, Julio, and Devonta. So. And somebody special on the other side of the ball that I'm, I'm here to cheer you up because Dalvin Cook looked <laughs> unbelievable. And electric. They've been preaching balance. They actually ran the ball a ton. Kirk Cousins was 8 for 10. 98 yards and a touchdown. They didn't even have to. Their defense was so smothering. Ten, ten passing attempts. Ten passing attempts. <laughs> what what is that? 38 <laughs> rushing attempts. Has that ever happened? happened? 38 rushing attempts is unbelievable. Madison had, what, eight rushing attempts? Nine, Nine for 39. Ca- Nine. Yeah. yeah. With 5.5 yards per carry. That He looks good, man. It looked like two Dalvin Cooks out there. I, I told you I love the Minnesota run game this year because they're going to play unbelievable defense and Dalvin Cook is going to get every chance to run the rock. But you have 20-plus rushing attempts. Um, 21 carries, 111 yards, and two TDs. He's, he's on his way to being a top five running back this year. And, and then I, two catches. I loved him this year. His health is always still the problem. It's a long game, though. It's not exactly. Hey, but I, hey, this is not breaks that – this is not something that came out of nowhere. Uh, this is something I really did predict from Dalvin Cook this year. He's going to take that next step if he stays healthy. Really hope so. It's, it's enjoyable to watch him. And if they're going to keep running the ball that much, I say keep an eye and or pick up Madison this week before he starts getting more carries because they're going to want Dalvin Cook, obviously, to last. If the defense plays this well, they're going to run the ball the whole game. you kidding me? Kirk Cousins, 10 passes, one touchdown. Kyle Rudolph, nothing. Zero. I I was like, wait, is my score, is is it updated? And then it said final, and Kyle Rudolph, zero for zero. Yeah, go pick up a rookie that we'll get to in a little bit. This one might sting a little bit. And what's crazy is that my boy, who I've been very high on, didn't get the ball until middle of the third quarter and wound up totaling 98 yards on, I believe, nine, four rushes and five receptions. Devin, the man, no one can tackle me because I'm so shifty. Without C.J. Mosley, the Jets all of a sudden have no game plan and nobody can tackle or cover. What's going on? That was the biggest collapse of the week. Maybe the Lions, yeah. which is pretty yeah. No, it was – I watched the whole game. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> I said it, it feels too good to be true. The Jets are up 16-0. They feel – everything feels like they're going in the right direction. The offense looked bad, but the defense looked really good. I think a lot of – they had a lot of breaks, though, on defense. A lot of deflective – like the passes, a lot of bad passes. That kind of helped them. But Devin Singletary, man. <laughs> Four carries for 70 yards. And why he didn't have more of an opportunity – is beyond me, but that's why I that's why I love weeks one through four because those running back by committees somebody emerges as the number one. Every running back by committee is going to see a number one running back emerge, become their bell cow for the most part, who's going to get more opportunities. And Devin Singletary proved it in one week. He he had some dudes on ice, man. He was elusive. Unbelievable. Him and David Montgomery were the top two elusive backs yes. in the draft this year. John Brown, seven catches, 123 yards. We kind of knew that. Him. We kind of knew that John Brown and Cole Beasley were going to be somewhat of his top 
favorite targets. And clearly the distribution, John Brown had 10 targets and Cole Beasley had nine. And then the next was six, Devin Singletary. Like throwing to the little guys. Allen had a terrible start. Awful, awful start. I think he had two picks, a fumble, or even two Two fumbles. fumbles. Yeah, two they, had four, they, they had four turnovers the first, like, three quarters. Two quarters. All due to Josh Allen, unfortunately. Jets didn't take advantage and score. But you need to put more points up. Um, I mean, it's obviously – it's too late now. But a bright spot for the Jets is that you still have Lev Bell and he's healthy. Bad thing is you didn't give him the ball enough. And Jameson Crowder looks like – a PPR stud. They gave him the ball quite enough. 17 targets. What? Well, this is what – hey, I, I had once again mentioned this before that he is the security blanket for that Jets offense. Jamison Crowder is going to get peppered with targets from Sam Darnold. He is a 9 to 10 yards per reception kind of guy, but he is going to get a ton of those. Uh, 14 receptions is a bit excessive. However – um, we know his role in the offense. Robbie Anderson has really, really tough matchups this year. If you look at the Jets' schedule going forward, he is matched up against some very top-end quarterbacks. Yep. So you're gonna see you're gonna see Chris Herndon return from his suspension and have a big role. You're gonna see James and Crowder have a big role. Lev Bell, obviously, but Robbie Anderson's going to struggle this year because of their matchups defensively. Still got seven targets yesterday. Yeah, he's the but he's the he's the guy who's going to stretch the field. And if if he's not doing that, then he has no value. Yeah, he's a one-trick pony, I would say. He is. Seventeen carries, six receptions. He looks good too, man. He was patient, like like he always was in Pittsburgh. He he found the holes. I mean, he ran hard. He, I you, I think he just got to run him into the ground. He just gave him all that money. Give him the ball twenty-five times a game. Who cares, right? Yeah, he just he just got paid. He hasn't played in six hundred plus days. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, give him the opportunity to be the centerpiece of your offense. So Twenty-three crazy. touches, actually. That's pretty good. Yeah. If Crowder is out there, you obviously go pick him up. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Formats all day. He's, he's a wide receiver. Start him. Yeah, he's a wide receiver three on your team right now. Ninety-nine yards. I don't think our receiver's ever done fourteen catches under a hundred. That's what I'm saying. He's he's literally a, like an eight yards, ten yards per reception kind of guy. And AJ Brown just burnt the Cleveland Browns only on three catches for hundred yards. So I know. Playing <laughs> the slot as well. Marquise Brown, four catches, one hundred and seventy yards. Oh my god. Jesus. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was a rough uh rough game for all all New York fo- football teams. Uh, I guess except for the Bills, who might be the only New York team, right, brother? <laughs> only true New York team, that's correct. Other two play in East Rutherford, New Jersey. The Bills basically play in Canada. Okay, let's be real here. <laughs> Close. <laughs> two New York teams, the Giants, the Jets, and then the Bills are basically Canada. I don't I don't consider them part of it. Moving to the NFC East. Case Keenum threw for 380 yards and three touchdowns. And there's a receiver named Terry McLaurin who played with Dwayne Haskins at Ohio State. It was a third-round draft pick. He had five catches for 125 yards and a touchdown. And he looked absolutely ready for the NFL. He looked amazing. He looked like a, like a younger version of Deshaun Jackson on the other side, having a ridiculous game as well. What, nobody was covering yesterday. So many receivers had, like, over 100 yards and two touchdowns and a 50-yard touchdown. I want, yeah, five receptions for all of them. Fun, funny, you, funny you actually bring that up. I actually have a stat. So there were 22 plays of over 40 yards yesterday. 34 over 30 yards. What? Cle- yes. So many big plays. So many big plays yesterday. It was unreal. It was fun to watch. I hope you enjoyed reading about it on your, on your drive. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, to add to that, to add to that stat line actually is the fact that um, there were nine teams with over thirty points. That hasn't happened on uh, on week one since twenty fourteen. Since then, it's been seven, four, seven, eight, nine teams with over thirty points in week one. Week one is usually the adjustment week. It's people, you know, the teams are starting to kind of acclim- reacclimate to their to a typical schedule, to a regular, you know, regular season game, and so you don't see many thirty point games. However, this has been the most since twenty fourteen, which is a good sign for fantasy owners. That is that is true. And another interesting stat, actually, I really saw. I wanted to look into this. Uh, so let's say that league average, what, yards yards per catch is 14 to 18 yards, maybe even 12 to 12 to 16. 16. Yeah. 12 to 16, let's call it that. So I guess we're being a little generous. If we're 38 players had a yards per catch of 17 yards or more yesterday. I know it's only the first week, but that that's insane. But there that were – also shows you how many big plays there were. There were, like, I can think of three or four receivers off the top of my head who had – unbelievable stat lines at the receiver position for yards after the catch or just purely receptions. Marquise Brown, Sammy Watkins, uh, Deshaun Jackson. You know what I mean? Like they're outliers. They, they skewed those numbers a little bit, but we, we really saw some huge plays uh, yesterday. It was amazing. It was incredible to watch because the red zone was going crazy. My other TV, I'm just like, oh my God, 50-yard touchdown, 50-yard touchdown. And what's kind of a shame too, because the team – at least from reports that they were upset that Adrian Peterson did not suit up because he doesn't play special teams. I get it. But Darius Geist, a report came out this morning, MRI on his knee, and he's going to miss like two to six weeks? Yeah, it could be more than that. Are you kidding me? His non-ACL knee as well. So that – He has two bad knees then. I'm saying he's out at least like two months. I always err on the side of six weeks. So if it's the least it's going to be, honestly, is probably six weeks. The most it's going to be is probably eight weeks. AP, first oh. time he's ever been scratched from a game, a, a healthier. Then trade him. Look what happened. It, it really yeah. didn't. Know. And they now AP is like. Now, no, I'm just saying, like, if you're going to scratch him, a healthy scratch, like, uh, he still has some tread left on the tires. We're not oh, talking about a guy who's nothing left, and we're just keeping him on there for no reason. You know, now he's going to be your starter. He's going to be pissed. <laughs> like, he's not going to be happy because you just benched him for game one. And now you're saying, you know, now you're, now you're our starter. You know what I mean? Like, it's, how disrespectful is that? It's, I mean, it's for the team. It's for the greater good, I guess, if you can put it in perspective. But if, if it came out of nowhere just recently, then I can see that kind of, you know, where's the communication and the honesty? You know what I mean? Is Darius Geis, are Darius Geis's two bad knees better than Adrian Peterson right now? Uh, that's the thing. You know what I mean? Like, going into this week, was, was Geis that much better in preseason or, you know, in, in, in practice and in, in preseason and everything? Was he better than Adrian Peterson? No. They should have just let it roll because no. clearly they couldn't run the ball. They had 28 yards on the ground. You almost have to see what you have in the kid, though, because you invested like – Oh, totally. You totally have. I guess, right? Yeah. AP is going to be gone after this year regardless. They rewarded him. From what he did last year, thousand yard season. It's unfortunate little... for guys. I I wanted to see what this kid had. Everybody's talking about him. Me too, man. And there it is, the injury bug. So that's that's two seasons in a row. You hate seeing when guys get hurt and they keep getting hurt. It's just mm-hmm. it stinks. It's absolutely terrible. Doing therapy, it, it hurts your mental psyche a lot. Honestly, if he's going to come back, so hopefully he does. But the running back that I believe is the one to own on the Redskins that you should go run and pick up is Chris Thompson. He had seven catches 
68 yards on 10 targets. He led the team with 10 targets, yep. which was three more than three other, well, two receivers and a tight end. Vernon Davis looked pretty spry as well. Did you see that? He jumped over half the team and then nobody tackled him. His, it was, uh, I believe his, uh, <laughs> his grandfather unfortunately passed away that day. And he, when he scored the touchdown, I mean, it was, RIP. it was really emotional, but yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad to see Vernon still Vernon. have a little bit of life. It's, it's fun to watch him play when he's actually, I guess at a high level, whenever that happens. Well, he has a lot of blue moon. He has, he has all the opportunity in the world to play at a high level because he's the tight end for Washington and Jordan Reed's never healthy. So, you there's know what I mean? Like, there's another guy. He's, he's going to continue to have that type of opportunity, especially if the Washington offense starts playing like they were yesterday. I mean, unreal. If, you know what I mean? Like, I, Case Keenum looked Case Keenum esque from Minnesota the year they made it to the NFC yeah. Championship game. I was impressed. If they can play good defense, I mean, that's it's not the they worst. Case they definitely game. surprised everyone yesterday. They surprised. Oh yeah, absolutely. They were playing against the Eagles, I really I thought they were going to win. Oh, Josh Norman, he got burned. He's not good. Oh, he stinks, man. You sure. He, he, he thinks he's he thinks he's the best quarterback in the league. Yes, he was covering Deshaun, was it? Oh yeah. Who who mind he, you, ten targets, eight catches, one hundred and fifty four yards, and two touchdowns. If he's available, job, bro, you have to pick him up if he's available. Uh, Clearly, he is Carson Wentz's favorite target. I think he's available in some leagues, too. I would, I would definitely run to go get him. And you can quote me. And this is one thing that I, I hate to admit because I am not an Eagles fan, although I have many, many good pals that are Eagles fans. Miles Sanders looked very good in limited. Uh, he actually led the team with 11 carries. He had a couple really, really nice runs. He looked fast. And... The ageless wonder, Darren Sproles. Are you kidding me? That he is unbelievable. That guy. You have to give him credit. He he's unbelievable. Talk about a poacher. God, I hate him. Yeah. Po- he he is one of the worst poachers of all time. He really is. He is one of the worst poachers. Him him and Rex Burkhead. They they are two of the biggest poachers when it comes to good offenses that they should not be a part of. Yet they take away from the talent on that team. Well, Mike you're Wilson. speaking from a fantasy perspective yeah i don't care about the team <laughs> like when it comes down to it like i hate the patriots but if if james white is going to get me 10 receptions then i'm i love it do you know what i mean like so but yeah darren sproles for the past five or six years has been one of the biggest poachers um, in the nfl and he still has some standalone value as a receiving back for the philadelphia eagles here's a game that on paper i thought was going to be much better got closer in the second half and it became a much much better game but without christian mccaffrey the, the Panthers, they look they look like their offense might be kind of terrible. Cam Newton, your boy, looked kind of terrible there, Keele. He did, yeah. He looked very unprepared. He wasn't thrown. I don't think he threw a pass more than more than 10 or 15 yards down the field at all, which is that's terrible. You're not Curtis Samuel looked. That's why Curtis Samuel looked non-existent, too. Uh, DJ Moore, DJ Moore had his moments. He looked okay. Yeah. But McCaffrey is, McCaffrey is just unreal. I I can't oh, even unreal. Um, he is he was worthy of that number one overall pick for a reason. Yeah. Um, he every facet of the game, two hundred and ten total yards, two touchdowns, ten receptions. He covered the gamut. Whether you have the PPR or standard leagues, he is just absolutely incredible. Um, but yeah, Cam Cam Daddy looks a little little sluggish. Um, that Carolina offense did not look great, but I still have faith in that Carolina team. I think they have a good offensive line. I think Cam will snap out of it. He's going to finish as a top 10 quarterback, as he does each and every year. And I, I still have faith they're a fringe playoff team. I don't – it's week one, again. Exactly. It's week yeah. one. You can't – Christian McCaffrey's the 
It's also the Rams. Rams, exactly. <laughs> like, We're talking – they went to the Super Bowl the, last year. The defensive matchups matter. That's what, like I, – I, I know it's week one, and you, if you're told to start your best players, you're told, you know, you draft them with high capital for a reason and all that, but matchups matter. I mean, I mean, the team you're going up against defensively really does matter because the Rams, while their offense kind of struggled, their defense at times played well enough to stop Cam and stop the Panthers. Three sacks. Yeah. Two from Dante Fowler, one from Clay Matthews. <laughs> Clay well, what? Matthews. <laughs> Back in Los Angeles. Can, can we just talk about how Todd Gurley got um, taken for two touchdowns by Malcolm Brown? Very upsetting. Uh, he saved himself at the end of the game, though, with Gurley. Um, I was watching that game closely because I have a few shares of Gurley, and it was getting a little worrisome, especially when time after time his touchdowns were being poached. Time after time. What happened, Joe? What happened, Joe? Yeah. But, but then he, he kind of saved himself with those, uh, those nice runs at the end of closer to the end of the game gets up to 97 total uh, 97 rushing yards like 103 total yards for the game so i'll take it it's week one i think he's gonna it's gonna be a running back by committee in some capacity but i still think Gurley is the number one maybe they're just testing him out probably testing him out this first week i I, i'm not the only running back to have one target the running backs he one target the entire game that's it so they didn't even use them in the passing game that rams offense looked weird like it looked like I don't want to use the word bad, but like it didn't look great. I mean, Goff didn't look fantastic. Goff looked, Robert looked like Woods. A rookie. He looked like a rookie. Yeah, guy. Brandon Cooks That's had it. no role in that offense. No, Woods was the only one. I mean, Cup had a nice, had a few nice early receptions to start the game, but he salvaged it to double digits for yeah, points. But but Woods was the only point, part of that offense, obviously besides Malcolm Brown, that mattered. So I think that as in general, I think that Rams offense kind of hit a little bit of a snag, and I would look to them to bounce back. This game is, is very upsetting to talk about. On the play that my man Nick Foles threw a touchdown to, DJ Chuck, do, 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 do. DJ, I said How many that times did you times sing that yesterday? yesterday? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Too many. I think your lovely wife wanted to bash your brains in. <laughs> You're welcome for that one. <laughs> I think at one point the door, maybe someone closed the door. I'm not sure who, but... Oh, you can't hear can't hear me then. <laughs> Nick Foles, are you kidding me? Like, I, this is how could this happen on the in the first game on a beautifully thrown touchdown pass? It looked awesome. First drive. Or he looked very good before he got hurt. And now he's out for at he's least on ten IR. weeks, right? They put he's him on IR at least ten so, weeks. Actually, yes, yeah, so eight weeks. So they are putting him on the IR, so he'll be out at least eight weeks. Oh. Gardner not- Minshew. Yeah, with the, highest, good. with the highest completion percentage ever. First ever player in the NFL. Yeah. And the highest, what was it, the highest for a Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback in like in team history, correct? Team yes. History, I think. Yeah. Wow. Unbelievably, I, I, I could not get it. He looked good. He did look good. I team liked, defense is not good, though. He was a Washington, he was a Washington State, I believe. Washington State, correct? Yeah. Mike, yeah. Mike Leach. Mike Leach. Yeah, they love, yeah, but I say they love to throw the football. So I wasn't too surprised there. Granted, Luke Falk kind of fizzled out in the NFL, um, who was also a Washington State quarterback, but he was given the reins, he's given the opportunity, and he has now eight weeks to prove that he might be worthwhile of the start, you know, the starting position for Jacksonville. With that being said, I think that Chris Conley could be a player yeah. to target. He loved throwing to Chris Conley. And DJ Shark actually still – so I think DJ Shark scored the touchdown with Nick Foles. Yeah. 
Still was targeted a couple more times, but Chris Conley seems to be that guy. So someone, someone to look out on the waiver this week. And you said the Chiefs' defense is not that good. I agree with that, you. They're not good, man. But they, they are a Super Bowl contending team. So Because of Patrick Mahomes in the offense. I understand that. But their defense – so I think Gardner Minshew, I like – we draft, we drafted him. Yeah, dynasty, dynasty, mind you, and it was like our second-to-last pick, I think. <laughs> but just – I know it's obvious to talk about, but Patrick Mahomes is so unbelievably talented. Unreal. Like, that it's, first quarter and a half, I – he put up, what, 220 yards and two touchdowns, 15 for 17 through the first, like, quarter and a half. Well, Sammy Watkins also going for unbelievable 75 yards. Still going down is a terrible misfortune for that offense. Um, they're going to have to operate without him over, at least for the next six-plus weeks. So that one's going to be an interesting one to watch is who emerges as that number two. And we don't, we don't know because if you look at the distribution, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, Damian Williams. Yeah. After that, that's, that's it. It's literally one target to every other person. So is McCall Hardman, Demarcus Robinson. Are they going to maybe use Darwin Thompson in the slot? Very interesting. Who, who knows? But I guess McCall Hardman could be the, the wise choice. I don't. I'm just glad that Damian Williams had six targets, caught all six of them, and yes. led the team in rushes because LaShawn McCoy only had one target, but he looked very elusive with 10 runs for 81 yards. So I think – I think he might honestly get the ball a little bit more. McCoy and Damian Williams without Tyreek Hill because they Wait, use him in the backfield on occasion. And some both are definitely running back twos. Then, if that's just just for being simply on this offense, I think you yeah, can probably absolutely. start both of them. Williams is a must start, and I think at this point McCoy's got to be a flex just on how they used him and how good he looked. Exactly. Can we say another world class performance from Austin Eckler? Melvin, who that dude is not getting signed. He. Now he has to report because there's no reason the Chargers are going to be calling him. I'm sorry. They do not need him. Austin, unbelievable. What do you have? 150 something yards of total offense and three touchdowns, including the game winning touchdown in a very competitive game. Mind you, this was a great game to watch. Yeah, it was. Um, I have my, I've wrote down some of my biggest takeaways during the games. Like five, I had five completely like realistic takeaways that I, from week one and number three on my uh, number four on my list is Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson are gonna, and I, I exclamation point, I put eat, they are going to eat. I mean, those two together. I mean, people have to eat. There is no reason. There is no reason to sign. Good one. There is no reason to sign. Melvin Gordon at this point. Sitting down. (laughs) I love a good running back. I love a great running back in an off and a high power offense. However, what we've now seen is that you cannot pay your running back. And they perform just as well as the guy who was there before who wants to get paid. This is literally a Melvin Gordon stat line, maybe a little bit more rushing yards. And it might be two more. It might be two guys instead of one, but those two guys are half the price, if not less. Austin Eckler looks incredible. Justin Jackson's going to get his fill as well. And that offense is going to do just fine without Melvin Gordon. He's probably not going to play this year. Six carries, 57 yards. So he yeah. was definitely taking advantage of the opportunity. 9.5 yards per carry. Austin Eckler was averaging 4.8 yards per carry. But his his role in that receiving game is unmatched. I mean, he looks the part when it comes to Melvin Gordon, honestly. Austin Eckler, he's taking all those receptions that Melvin Gordon were, was getting last year, and he is making the most of them. Because last year, Austin Eckler had his own role in that offense. Think about that. With, exactly, with Melvin. And now one of the top six seven best running backs in the NFL is no longer on that team. And he has even an extended role. 
And Keenan Allen looked. Keenan Allen looked like Keenan Allen. You couldn't match up against him. They couldn't. They physically couldn't match up against him. He's he's amazing. And Hunter Henry, not terrible. The Mike Williams, the Mike Williams yards. Mike Williams disappointed me beyond belief yesterday. I know the injury happened, and then it went downhill from there. He didn't come back in, but Mike Williams should have just dominated that Colts secondary. I'm like, uh, I'm sorry, that one disappointed me a lot. The fact that Mike Williams really wasn't relevant. Well, that's the question, though. Is he hurt? Is he going to miss time? And is there anybody else to even pick up, honestly? Because they have so no. many playmakers we just named. Yeah, I, I think more tie. It's going to be more uh, Hunter Henry. The guys are – the other guys are just going to be on the field. He threw three targets to Travis Benjamin. Donchell Inman, not a factor. Virgil Green, maybe they'll put him as a tight end to block and then maybe move out Hunter Henry. Who knows? But I, I don't like any of these guys to pick up if Mike Williams – is in fact hurt and does miss maybe some time. Yeah, I don't think there's a strong waiver pickup from the Chargers unless, like, Justin Jackson somehow is still out there because he looks pretty good, man. These are two good defenses, two good offenses. And there is a guy to pick up on the other side of that, uh, on the Colts, because our man, Devin Funchess, done for the season. Broken collarbone, I believe. Yeah, 10 million bucks, too. He gets to – Done. while he's laying in bed rehabbing. T.Y. Hilton. So, everybody, T.Y. Hilton, what a game. Absolutely loved every second of it because I think I started him in every single league. The guy, Paris Campbell, is going to get his opportunity, possibly Deion Kane. I like Paris Campbell. I like Deion Kane. I, I very much like Deion Kane. Um, I think he's going to fill in that role quite nicely. I like Paris Campbell, too. I think they're going to spread the ball around. Um, in Indianapolis, but I do like Deion Kane. I liked what I saw from him last year, and then I, I, I really, I just really think he could have a nice role uh, filling in that Devin Bunches uh, injury. Looking I think for... initially Paris Campbell is going to be used as more of a gadget player, mm-hmm. and yeah. I think Deion Kane's actually going to run routes down the field and catch passes seven plus yards I past the line of scrimmage. I think initially, but they both have tremendous upside. Jacoby Brissett looked. He did look he, good. He wasn't really throwing it. Thrown, thrown deep, but 21 for 27. Very efficient. Two touchdowns, no picks. And that's all you have to be is efficient. No turnovers. That's it. But how about non-efficiency of Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron? I believe the word is inefficiency. Inefficiency. <laughs> that's fine. You get what I mean. Non-efficiency, inefficiency, whatever. This isn't, a, this isn't an English class. You could spell it, you could say it. It wasn't an English class. <laughs> Why did you correct me? <laughs> Because that's just who I am. I'm not gonna. Yes. That's not gonna stop. But anyway, yes, yes. Well, Andrew Luck loved his tight ends, and clearly J- Jacoby. We don't know yet. Why not use him? Who knows? Can we? Can we actually talk about the fact that Doyle was on the field almost double the amount of the time that Eric Ebron was on the field? Well, they probably used him to block more because Marlon Mack had a monster game. But I do, I do think that's something to is something to monitor is that Jack Doyle is going to get more snaps than Eric Ebron. I think it's going to be on a consistent basis. And, yes, Marlon Mack was just incredible. Seven yards per carry. 25 carries. 174 yards and a touchdown. Did you see that run that he tiptoed down the sideline? Like, Not one. <laughs> not one reception, though. Okay. <laughs> but we're looking at, like, AP 2.0. But, honestly, if he puts up games like this, I am – I'm all for it. He had 174. 25 carries. <laughs> over 20 yards, brother. Oh, 20, 20 carries. 20 carries, that's right. You look at his stats from last year. They gave him the ball more than 19 times. He went over 100 yards, or he was very efficient. They, he looked good. He looked very good. The Colts are going to be – they're going to be a good team, at least from what we saw in week one. But it's only one week, right? 
So we're either pumping the brakes, we're overreacting. People are going crazy. Cats and dogs living together. It's amazing. Chaos. It's- <laughs> The overreactions are just, they're, they're the funniest, though. My favorite are the ones who just completely throw in the towel on week one, saying, you know what? Oh, my team, God, I'm like, done. My, I'm done. I, I hate this. I'm like, dude, like, I have lost I have lost week one probably every year I've ever played fantasy football. Like, literally, I, I am one and three this week. Or you know, two my, and two. My percentage. Like, I am, I am just, I'm, in my leagues that matter this this year, I'm, I think I'm one and three or two and two. Like, I, and I'm completely and utterly fine with that. because It's I, only one game. It's one week. Literally one week. <laughs> So calm down, go play your waiver wire, improve your team, start the right guys, just calm down. We knew who we thought they were. Did they are were who we thought they were. This week. That's, right, that? Dennis, that's right, Dennis Green. Somebody said that. I think it was uh... – It was Delaney Walker, I believe. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's incredible. What, what's also incredible, you like how I segued there. Nice, nice transition. Is how a team without an offensive line, such as the Cincinnati Bengals – could look so good on offense without Joe Mixon even playing. He might miss time. Gio was a workhorse. Gio looks good. Here's another name for you to monitor. I'm, I'm not sold. John Ross the third, 158 yards receiving, two touchdowns on 12 targets against Cincinnati's supposedly good defense and pass rush. I, I was Seattle's good defense. Or Seattle. I you're was good. shocked. You're good. You're good. I was shocked. 12 targets. I was shocked. What? I just will say one thing is that a broken clock is right at least twice a day. <gasps> That's my line. Yeah, sorry, but it's true. I'm, I calm down again on John Ross. <laughs> the guy has been nothing but a bust since he entered the league, and I know we everyone gets their opportunity and everybody tries to make the most of it, but he is another one-trick pony. Tyler Boyd actually had a nice game too as well. Decent, but, yeah. But the, the, thing that, the thing that astonished me is that Andy Dalton had 51 passing attempts. He is currently the number one passer in the NFL. 418 yards yeah. and two touchdowns. Okay. Look, we've seen Andy Dalton have seasons where he was like in the conversation for MVP. I oh, remember no doubt. Yep. Five, five plus years ago, he was in that conversation for MVP and then he broke his wrist or forearm or whatever. And then he was done. I don't like the Cincinnati offense. I've said it. And now that Joe Mixon is down, it's going to get even worse. But the Gio Bernard one is the interesting one to watch because he's going to get his fill. Gio Bernard is going to get his fill. The John Ross one, I would put to the side for now. But Gio is going to be that number one if, if, uh, if what's his name? If Joe Mixon is Mixon's down out, for yeah. an extended period of time, which we saw last year. When Joe Mixon missed those two or three games in a row, Gio filled in quite nicely. Exactly. And they did, they, it was very odd about, though, the offense yesterday is they weren't – it wasn't like they were trailing and playing from behind the entire game. They didn't run the ball. They ran the ball – 13 times with their running backs and then gave Tyler Boyd a carry. I, I thought that was a little odd, but again, it's only week one. It's hard to run the ball when you pass it 50 plus times. And I mean, that is, that is also I true. Mean, <laughs> Zach Taylor, baby. <laughs> he shook hands once with Sean McVay. So he's an offensive <laughs> guru and he proved it. They connected. They connected through that. Yeah. Like, it was like Avatar. Osmosis. It was like Avatar with their whatever. <laughs> he proved it. Hey, who knows? Their offense could be fun, man. Because it, it was yesterday. They, they should have won that game. They, they should have, actually. But can I point out one thing about Seattle? Oh, Seattle, yeah. Sorry. On the last, the last point on my, on my biggest takeaways from yesterday is that out of the first five rounds, the guy with the biggest boom-bust potential after week one is Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett has the potential to catch two passes a game 
for 110 yards and a touchdown. He is the biggest boomer bust touch, uh, boomer bust receiver I have seen in a very long time. His relevance is completely tied to him catching a like a 50 yard bomb down the field. That's his only relevance, in my opinion. And it's kind of crazy because once Doug, Doug Baldwin retired, he clearly became the number one. And Russell Wilson loved throwing to him. Two but targets yesterday. Very different. They're very different receivers. Doug Baldwin was a great possession receiver. Tyler Lockett is not a possession receiver. Tyler Lockett is a stretch the field kind of guy. And if they are not doing that and he is not getting his fill, he has zero value. How about DK Metcalf? Yeah, that's what I want to talk about instead. Is that yeah, he could run fast in a straight line D- and he caught the football. Good DK for him. Metcalf had a very nice game for a guy that I was quite low on. So, again, week one, I'm hoping I'm wrong, but um, DK looked pretty good. Tyler Lockett is a fantastic DFS guy. Fantasy-wise, though, in a, you know standard leagues, I think the biggest takeaway, though, for me from this game is Chris Carson. He only got the ball 15 times on the ground. He did score a touchdown. But the passing game, seven targets, six catches, 35 yards, and a TD. And that's exactly what Pete Carroll said. They wanted to get him involved in the passing game more. So this, I, I, really, lo- I really love that stat line. I know, again, it's the first week, but it's definitely in the right direction. Well, Pete Carroll will not tell a lie. And the team that I think is lying to themselves, if you heard some of the sound bites, is my New York Giants. Oh, they, they're so close to winning, and they're not. They're not close at all. And they sounded like a team that's like on the cusp of, of glory, of football success. I don't know what defense we were running out there and or how we made no adjustments because we made Dak look like we Dak's made good. Dak's a good quarterback. He's good. I'll give it to him, but – when he gets guys paid. running wide open the entire oh. game on the Cowboys. It was when Dak when he gets his extension and he gets paid, he owes the New York Giants quite a bit of money because yeah, it is now up to the point where Jerry Jones is finally saying, "All right, let's meet. <laughs> let's get this done." Yeah, because whoa, whoa. You're honestly, right. I think they're going to get a, a deal done by the end of this week because if Dak has another game like this, then they're they're screwed because they're going to have to pay him more. Saquon, so. Saquon cannot do it all in that offense, and he is doing it all. I mean, he clearly can. Uh, he only got 11 carries. 11, well, yeah, that's 120 they, yards. They were down by a god-awful amount the entire wow. game. But, yeah, he made the most of his opportunity. Saquon is just a game-changing running back. Can we stop kidding ourselves? Why is Eli still playing? I, I'm, I'm asking a serious question because – It wasn't his fault, have, though, yesterday. They, I know, but they have no relevancy. This is for the future. You drafted the kid. Now play him. I'm sorry, you're not going to win games this year. So sitting behind Eli is not going to help him. What do you? What is he watching? What is he? I yeah, I can't disagree. I mean, yeah, I, don't, I think they're uh, disillusioned though. The entire organization is very disillusioned right now. And it, Dave Gettleman, Pat Shermer, I'm I just not. Ah, I'm not impressed with any of the decisions or moves they made. Like I'm really not. He's getting so much to the organization. It's just why you get hired. No. He's, he's on his last leg. You didn't like the trade of Odell Beckham for a defensive tackle? You didn't like that? Oh, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like that trade? I can't tell if I'm laughing or crying. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Eli, Eli should not be throwing the ball 44 times a game. I'm sorry. Because Odell Beckham being a bad person to have in the locker room is really looking very quite mild compared to what Antonio Brown is. So, oh, honestly, boy. you know what I mean? Like, you haven't even talked about him. Odell, oh Odell, Odell actually doesn't look like he could be that bad in the locker room compared to some. The players really liked him. I mean, he's he's a good guy. He works hard. I, I mean, this this game is an anomaly as well. I think it just keeps falling for the Giants. More. Cooper's healthy. That's a good sign. Michael Gallup showed up, but I mean, we're are we as bad as the Miami Dolphins defense? No, but we looked 
pretty a pretty close second. Let's let's. Uh, they were in the bottom. They were the bottom five of every almost every defensive stat last season. It's only one game though. So yes, of course it's only one so, game, but we'll be fine. Hey, Evan Ingram, like we said, guy got fed. He got peppered. Fourteen Phenomenal. targets. There are three people, three players in the NFL right now with double digit receptions. Evan Ingram, Christian McCaffrey, and Jamison Crowder. Wow. wow. What a two, list. Two play in Jersey in the same oh, state. My goodness. In the same stadium. <laughs> in the same stadium. <laughs> One of them's oh, a running back, tight end. But Sterling Shepard, concussion protocol. Yeah, so he might not play this week. I think that's definitely something to take note of. So Cody Latimer, I think he becomes I think he becomes a pickup just merely based on the fact that he is inserted as the number one. Not the number one target, but the number one wide receiver. Yeah, I think it just means that Evan Ingram's going to get 17 targets. <laughs> exactly, or even 20. And Saquon, they barely used in the passing game. So maybe he needs to be used a little bit more in that aspect. Well, if we were just talking about the Jets game, I would say, speaking of collapses, the Detroit Lions absolutely collapsed in the second half in the fourth quarter. All right, let's be honest. Through the first three quarters, Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury looked like they did not belong in the NFL. The game plan was atrocious. The play calling, the everything about the offense of the Arizona Cardinals was embarrassing, to say the least. They scored 18 points in the fourth quarter to tie the game. He threw for, I believe, 150-something yards, two touchdowns. I mean, he, he, looked, he looked incredible in the fourth quarter and in overtime. I'm very, very excited. He threw a touchdown to your boy, the potential number one running back this year, brother. David Johnson, that was a great pitch and catch. And Larry, Larry still looks incredible. And we've been saying, and, and that's exactly what Joe said too. That I believe we've we've been saying it as well. I, I have Larry on a bunch of teams, but I didn't start. I didn't start him only because I think I had better, technically better options. Lawrence, when he's on the field, he's still alive. He's still playing. Thirteen targets, eight catches, one hundred thirteen. All three receivers looked pretty good yesterday. Keyshawn uh, Johnson. Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, David Johnson receiving. They all looked very, very good. D-Bird. Um, Christian Kirk. Yeah. 12 targets, four mm-hmm. catches. I know. <laughs> what's 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 going on with that? <laughs> well, Kyler, Kyler's accuracy isn't on point. You got one little guy throwing to another little guy. Yeah. <laughs> but David but, Johnson, oh, absolutely incredible. So we, we're, we're starting to see his role, I think, after yesterday. They're trying to give him the ball. 24 touches. Over 130 yards total, two or one touchdown. So I still stand by the DJ. Love it. And I think to cause some slight concern, alliteration aside, is that on Johnson, 16 carries, but CJ Anderson had 11 and he only had two targets in the passing game. So I thought they might give him, try to give him the ball a little bit more. I know it's early. Maybe they're conserving him for the rest of the season. Detroit's offense actually looked pretty good. Matt Stafford was commanding it 385 yards. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. That kid, I don't know if he knows he's a rookie or not, but TJ Hawkinson looked like an absolute monster out Unbelievable. there. Unbelievable, yeah. <laughs> Matthew Stafford throwing to a tight end? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> if you look at this stat line, it's crazy. like, what? You had it's crazy the fact that his, his, their, their best two players this year on offense could, but not this year, but they're building around a top-tier tight end and a top-tier running back, Detroit. Detroit is building with a first-round tight end and on Johnson. 
That is something Detroit never have do- has done, ever. Tight end and running back. Like, literally ever. So, I guess they have to redevelop themselves. He that. didn't even throw to his top wide receivers that much either. Kenny Galladay did get nine targets. He did. Galladay had a good game. He ended up salvaging with a, with a touchdown. Danny Amendolo. Yeah. What? Receiver Danny? That, that was crazy, too. 13. Team leading 13 targets. That's kind of crazy. But is that an anomaly, or is that is that a, is he a worth a pickup? Week one for you, anomaly or or possible? I don't know. Hawkinson, Hawkinson may be the real deal. It seems that they definitely want to use him, and he and he and he delivered. No, he passed the eye test too. Like he caught the Wait. ball, he ran, he ran upfield. He he looked like he he belonged, one hundred percent, absolutely. Danny Amendola maybe maybe pump the brakes a little bit. We'll see what happens this next week. Oh, this game was this game was pretty abysmal, honestly, and I. I'm glad that my boy Chris Godwin actually scored a touchdown. He looked like one of the better athletes on the field, which is positive moving forward. But who looked completely lost? I thought were both quarterbacks out there, Jimmy G and, and James James James. Like he looks pretty atrocious, brother. Like he was making bad reads. He, did you see some of the picks he threw? Like he, this is his fifth year in the NFL, I man. I don't He's get it. Terrible. But we said, I think I said it one of the previous episodes a couple ago. This is it. This is his last – I think this is literally his last chance. And I read one article already that's saying Jameis could end up being – even being benched by, like, by their bye week. Like, it's it, – really? Like, they're already even, like, mentioning game that? One. Game one. And San Francisco's defense, it's not – it's not awful. It's not great. Apparently, it's a lot better than we think Which, it is. Exactly. They, put, they exactly. put up, like, 30 points in fantasy this week. <laughs> How about Rojo? They stepped up. How about Ronald Jones? Yeah. He looked okay in a few runs, honestly. He looked kind of crazy. Explosive on a couple of runs. He did. And they have nobody else. So, if you need a running back, he's a flyer at best at this point. Could be worthy of a pickup. Um, Dare, five targets, four catches, 33 yards. They want to use him in the passing game. I dare you to pick him up. Dare. I have him on a lot of teams. (laughs) Mike Evans, nothing. Chris Godwin salvaged the day with a touchdown. I think Mike Evans was sick. Maybe we can uh, he did. Yeah, he, yeah, he was. Yeah, he had like flu or something like that, or stomach flu-like symptoms. Yeah, you can blame it on that because it is only week one. So exactly, and yeah. as we all know, injuries happen. Tevin Coleman out. An injury we could yeah. all see coming. It feels it, like <laughs> it's so crazy. It's just it's unfortunate because Jarek McKinnon, this freak athlete, you know, he can't stay healthy. He's on the IR. Tevin Coleman's going to miss significant time or some time, which I don't know what that means. High ankle sprain came out this evening, actually. So Never that be, good? Could be a month, two months. Who are, are you guys picking up, though, after uh, Matt Breida? Raheem Mostert. Ah, yeah. Raheem Mostert, Raheem Mostert last year, when he was on the field, looked pretty good. Uh, then he broke his forearm or his wrist or something of the nature. Um, and he, you know, became irrelevant because they had seven other running backs that they filled in with, you know, in his place. Um, but, yeah, there's, they're going to bring up, uh, from what I've heard, they're going to bring up Jeff Wilson, right? Or just – yeah, Jeff Wilson. Yep. Uh, Jeff Wilson from the practice squad who, again, played last year in that middle end of the year. And he had some pretty decent moments as well. So – It'll be between the two of them to see who backs up Breda. Uh, look, I know everybody is high on Breda for the most part, but I'm not high on anybody on San Francisco at this point except Kittle. But Bre- the, thing I, the thing I always mentioned about Breda is that he is very good receiver, but he's also very, very tiny. Matt Breda is a small guy. He is not a bell cow running back. 
Okay. So for people thinking he's going to, you know, fill in that role and he's going to have 20 rushing attempts and five or 15 yesterday. I, I just don't think that's a consistent basis. I don't think he's going to be able to, um, to have 20 rushing attempts or five, five receptions in a game. I don't think it, he's just too small. So I do think Raheem Mostert's going to get his fill. I think Raheem Mostert's going to get about seven to 10 carries potentially in this upcoming week. So I think he's a pretty nice stash at this point because Tevin Coleman is going to be out for could be probably at least a month. Could be six weeks. Two months. Yeah. Mostert, nine carries, 40 yards, almost four and a half yards per carry. Well, how big do you think Christian McCaffrey is? Christian McCaffrey is a tiny dude, but he is. He's five to 10 pounds more. five, Five to 10 pounds more than Breda. Five town, five ten, one eighty five, give or take, right? He's five to ten pounds more than Breda. But if you're looking at the freak athlete that's scale, that's, that's not the McCaffrey's same. McCaffrey's like, have you seen Christian McCaffrey? He looks like a bodybuilder. Like, um, he might weigh one hundred eighty pounds, one hundred eighty five pounds, but he looks like he could bench press three fifty. Like, just like hips, numbers do not lie, cousin. Oh, I see. To me, even though the numbers there are there, I don't, I don't. I think Brad Prada is more of a fragile running back than Christian McCaffrey is. So. He didn't I, miss a game last year after being hurt every single game. So after being hurt every single what? He was hurt almost every week last year, and he missed no games. Yeah, no, I know he was. He he definitely was banged up last year. That I know. I know it's just more fun to like be opposing opposing sides of this conversation. But I was a little concerned about Tampa's offense. Mike Evans will get healthy. They actually play the Carolina Panthers this Thursday, Thursday so yes. that should be a fun game to watch. Hopefully, Cam gets his ish together. Jameis does as well. Mike Evans, you know, drink a lot of water, pal fluids vitamins i didn't actually get to watch the uh, late night game but when i woke up in the middle of the night to uh, visit the lavatory i saw the score and i was <laughs> i didn't expect the steelers to win but i didn't expect i, I think james Conner to rush for 20 yards and i was appalled <laughs> for them to get embarrassed on sunday night football like it sounded bad it's it's the question of are the patriots really this good or are the steelers really that bad I don't think the Steelers are that bad. Um, I think the Patriots had a very good game to open the season. I think the Patriots are going to continuously get better this year. I hate even thinking about this, honestly. <laughs> but it's it hurts every part. Of, like this and, is this is what's so bad about football is is that the NFL allowed all of this to happen. We could spend a whole episode purely on Antonio Brown saga. Oh, we totally I could. I, I'm not going to give it the time of day. It's but, bedtime. It's bedtime. Yeah, I I'm sorry, but there was some there was collusion involved again from the New England Patriots because that's all they know how to do. Um, but I think the Steelers will bounce back. Uh, I think the Patriots had a great game. They all looked. It, Completely in sync. Great defensive game for the Patriots as well. How did how did Dante Moncrief do? Because it sounds like he's already going to get benched. Multiple drops. How many drops did this guy have? He's, he's always had a problem with drops. So that's that's not a new. That's not James a new Washington problem. baby. James Washington is someone to pick up this week. I'm saying it right now. Get rid Dante of Moncrief had ten targets. He led the team. Three catches did. for seven yards. Get out of here. Sorry, pal. Go back to I don't know that bench that you came from. My bust is looking so good right now. Everybody <laughs> was so high. James Washington. Washington looks good. He looks like he looks good. He's fast. He can catch. Hey, Ryan Switzer, six targets, six catches. I know they're only 29 yards, but could be a potential, like, I don't know, flex, let's say wide receiver four in PPR. And I am praying that my boy Juju, Juju, Juju is not hurt. They said he's fine. He might miss yeah, a fine yards. Yeah, play, they're saying he's hurt. Maybe you some practice. Know. I think just some practice this week, and then he should be fine for week two. Which, if he goes down, uh, 
They're in, they're in, they're, they're already in trouble. trouble. They're already yeah. in a little trouble. They're definitely in trouble. But here's one for you guys too, because now that Antonio Brown signed with the Patriots, he's going to play next week. Demarius Thomas might. Edelman's obviously going to be the number one target. And Josh Gordon looked like somebody that nobody wanted to tackle. Is Philip Dorsett was like, is this his one hit wonder game? The O'Neaters starting this is the Mike, Mike Gillisley game. Yes. This is, this is the Mike Gillisley game. It's just the fact that Philip Dorsett was the lucky recipient of week one targets from Tom Brady. He caught two of them for a touchdown. Uh, four for go. four. Yeah, I know, but let, let it go. Dorsett has played in the offense now a few years. He has some type of role, but do you think he's going to do that? Well, because you got to think it's going to be Edelman, A.B., Josh Gordon. Yeah, if you just if you distribute out the opportunities, it's – no, no, it's going to be Edelman, James White, Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon. So, Sonny Michelle's going to get his fill. I, I just – I. Philip Dorsett is now a wide receiver five. How about how about this guy? Um, Rex Burkhead. Eight <laughs> targets last night. I know. That's that's a little much for him. Didn't he have the most what? touches out of any of the running backs for like in general? Um, like, he, had he had the most, the most yardage. He had eight yeah. carries for 44, so he had the most. And uh, our, our boys. touches. Sonny Michelle had 15 carries. Yes, Sonny yeah, PlayStation. Yeah. That's what I thought. He had more carries than he had yards. Sonny Michelle. Is that good? Or is that good? carries for 14 oh. yards. That's okay. amazing. Damian Harris is somebody that is going to erupt on the scene in the second half of the season, but it's not worth rostering him now. No, no, no. Dynasty, definitely. Oh, of course. I love it. It's crazy that week one is already in the books. There's a couple games going on now. Deshaun scored. He threw one to Hopkins. Kamara's been getting the ball all over the field. DeAndre! Please tune in again later this week for another episode. You can find us at thefantasyfam.com or on Twitter at thefantasyfam. We're on most podcast platforms, including iTunes and iHeartRadio. This is The Fantasy Fam, signing off.